You know, this is a historic day in the life of our church. We've been looking towards this day for many weeks and months, seems like years now, as we come together today to commit ourselves sacrificially to the ongoing ministry of Redeeming Grace Baptist Church in this community. As said in the video, and as many of you know, Putting Down Roots is a three-year initiative that will enable us to expand our capacity for ministry and better position our church to fulfill the mission and ministry we've been called to do. And so, if you're new to us, this may be new to you. Uh, this is something we've been talking about for a while, but a big part of this initiative will allow us to build a facility for us to have a permanent home in this community. And as of this past Thursday, we now officially own 10 acres of land over there next door. Amen. Got some charismatics. Amen. It's good news. Um, and so we have the property now. And so if you want more information about Putting Down Roots, maybe you're new, maybe you've been here just a few weeks, feel free to visit our Putting Down Roots table. Uh, plenty of information there. You can visit our church website. All the videos are there. All the information is there. Uh, so please continue to use these resources uh, to help you understand fully more of what we're about as, as far as the Putting Down Roots initiative goes. Today is Commitment Sunday, and again, uh, this is for you who consider Redeeming Grace Baptist Church your church home. Uh, it's Commitment Sunday, and you'll find a card there around you, near you, in your seat. If you don't have a commitment card, some of our ushers have some available there in the back, and so make sure you see one of them, uh, but we've tried to make them accessible to all of you. You're going to need that in about 30 or 40 minutes, so just hold it near your heart, Okay. Keep it tight, you know, hold it near. You're going to turn that in here in a bit. Uh, and so I'll give you more information about that in a few minutes. But you know, as you think back over the last few months together, we've met, we've talked, we've prayed. We've gotten a glimpse, really, of what the next step in our journey is. And today we're coming together to commit ourselves to taking that next step. It's an exciting day uh, because we've been building up for this for some time because uh, really, it's a pivotal moment in the life of this church. Um, you know, it's, it's exciting because today really marks a milestone that's going to set the stage for the future of Redeeming Grace Baptist Church. It's going to serve us well here in the immediate, but really what we're doing today is going to serve this congregation for generations to come. I'm convinced as we get down the road years from now, we or whoever is part of Redeeming Grace is going to look back to this day and see how vital of a day it was, how important of a day it was to set the course for our future, to lay the foundation of what is to come. And so it's an important day. We desire to put down roots in this community because we truly believe what we are about as a church family, known as Redeeming Grace Baptist Church, what we're about will change the world. That's what we believe. We believe the message we preach, the message we believed, it will be truly life-changing. And that's, that's what we're about. Um, it said in the video, it's not ultimately about a building. A building's going to serve us well. It's going to be a great tool. But this is truly about better positioning ourselves and future generations to make a lasting impact for the sake of the gospel in St. Mary's County and to the ends of the earth. That's what we're about. That's what this is about when we think about putting down roots. And here, church family, is what I want you to hear. I know we've set a financial goal, and it's aggressive, it's ambitious. But our number one goal this morning is that we would have 100% participation. 
that all of us who are part of Redeeming Grace Baptist Church would commit ourselves in some way to this effort. The amount is not nearly as important as your heart. So hear me say that. So I hope you've come ready to commit to this effort in generous and sacrificial ways, whatever that looks like for you, your family, as we seek to put down roots for the sake of the gospel. But before we take that step of committing ourselves to this effort, we're going to take a look one more time at God's Word as we continue our journey through the book of Colossians. So if you have a Bible, grab it, turn to the book of Colossians there in the New Testament, Colossians chapter 2. We're going to look today at verses 6 and 7. Colossians chapter 2, verses 6 and 7. So far, as we've been walking through this series, it's a six-week series here at the beginning of Colossians, we're, we've tied to our Putting Down Roots uh, initiative, but so far we've seen several important things highlighted in these first few chapter, a chapter and a little bit into chapter two. We've seen how the gospel must be foundational to who we are, to what we're about. We've seen how the gospel is centered in the glory and in the power and the majesty of Jesus Christ, that he is preeminent, that he is first, and that he is foremost above all things in our lives. We've seen how the gospel is the very means by which God reconciles sinners to himself. Therefore, we're called then to be ambassadors of this reconciliation. We've seen how the gospel leads us to conclude, uh, to, to have a mindset of whatever it takes. You saw the suffering of Paul there in, in, in Colossians chapter 1, that we would have a whatever it takes mindset to invest ourselves as stewards of gospel ministry for the glory of God and for the good of our neighbor. And we've seen last week of how the gospel leads us as a church to be strengthened, to be unified, to be settled in our convictions, and to be fruitful Christians for God's glory. And all that gets us up to verse 6 and 7 of chapter 2 this morning. Let me read these verses. These are words written by Paul, inspired by the Holy Spirit. This is what we read. Therefore, as you received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him, and established in the faith, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. Let's pray together. Father, it's our prayer that as we open your word this morning, that you would speak into our lives and that you would pour out your spirit upon us today, that we would see and that we would hear from you, that we would be transformed by the power of your spirit through the hearing of your word today. So Lord, would you come and speak to us, and would you change us and make us more like you? We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, as we've entered this Putting Down Roots season, we've talked a lot about what we're seeking to do uh, regarding a facility, regarding other ministries, and how that's going to radically impact what we're able to do as a church family but this morning, instead of focusing more on the what, I want to yet again remind us of the why. Why we're doing what we're doing. And that, really that why is again centered on a who. The reason we're putting down roots in this community is ultimately because God has put down his roots in us. He has poured himself out into us and transformed us by his grace. And so we're taking this big step because of what God has done to save us, what he's done to bring us together as a church family, a community of believers, and therefore we want to be a present, visible witness to this community so that we can continue to impact this community for the glory and praise of God. 
And so we come this morning to Colossians chapter 2. We're going to be looking at these two verses. And these two verses are a transition of sorts in this letter. It's, they're, they're kind of like a hinge, if you will. Uh, indeed, some, of the, some, of the, some folks have, have, received, uh, have referred to these verses as the very heart of the letter of Colossians. Very short, two verses, but clear and to the point. A great summary of the, really the entire letter uh, as they serve to inform us what we are, are called to be about. And really, as we look at them, this is what we as a church family want to be about. This, you, you read verses 6 and 7, and that's the, the very core of who we're called to be as followers of Jesus Christ. And so I want us to, to consider these verses. It's very easy as we think about what Paul is saying here. I want us to, to reflect upon them for a few minutes together this morning. Really, the, the main point Paul is saying is this, walk in Christ. Let your, let your testimony, let your walk reflect your witness. Let your, let your life reflect your conf- confession. You say you believe Jesus for who he is. You've embraced him as Lord and Savior. Let your walk demonstrate that. So, let your walk match your talk. So that's really the, the command is walk in Christ. Continue to walk and to follow after Jesus. And then what we see here unpacked in these two verses are four realities which serve as the means by which we are to pursue this walk. So we're called to walk in Christ, continue to follow after Jesus, and then we see four ways, four means by which this walk is fleshed out. And that's what I want to walk through with you this morning. Let's see them together. Number one, first thing that we're called to do as we are called to walk in Christ is that we're to do so that, that we would be rooted in the source of the gospel. That we're to be rooted in the source of the gospel. As you would expect in a letter like this, Paul continues building upon what he previously had said. Specifically about what the Colossians uh, demonstrated. You saw that last week in verses 1 through 5 of chapter 2. That they were firm, that they had a settled conviction in their faith concerning the Lord Jesus Christ. And we see that here, don't we? We see in verse 6, therefore... Again, it's a, it's a pivot. It's based upon what previously has been said, based upon the truths that I've already alluded to. Therefore, as you received Christ Jesus, and that Christ Jesus has been unpacked for us in chapter 1, who he is, what he's done. As you received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him. Walk in him. Notice he's talking about receiving Christ Jesus. Certainly it implies personal salvation, but it's broader than that. It's implying that having received the truth of who Jesus is, having received as a church the reality of the gospel, continue to walk in him. In other words, Paul is saying, as you've received the truth about who Jesus is, live like it. Live like it. And here we see clearly the relationship between doctrine and life, right? No Christian can honestly say that doctrine is unimportant. Here Paul says it is. Based upon what you know about Jesus Christ, the truth of who he is, the reality of who he is, as you've received that, now walk in him. Follow after him based upon what you have been taught. So the very first thing that Paul does is he looks back as the Colossians have received Christ Jesus and he looks back in verse 7. He says, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him. 
very first thing he says is he looks back to how God has rooted these believers in Christ. This word rooted is a settled reality that has taken place to these believers. It's not an ongoing thing. This is a settled condition that they are in. Having been rooted in Christ, in the gospel, in the truth, their salvation was a settled reality. Being rooted is an agricultural reference giving us an image of a tree that has strong and vibrant roots. And he, he, he goes on to talk about this reality of being rooted and, and, and this agricultural illustration. We can see it clearly, can't we? Being rooted as a Christian means that you have received the gospel, that you've received the gospel and the, the gospel has taken root in you. Now listen, we don't create these roots. God creates these roots. He has rooted himself in us through the gospel. And this implies two things. Number one, we think about roots. Roots provide life to the tree. This is how the tree is nourished. It's how the tree is able to produce fruits. If the roots go bad, so does the tree. So this is a a tree that has healthy and strong roots. And so the gospel, as it takes root in us, is the very nourishment of our soul and our life. Not only does the gospel produce life in us, it it gives us security. When you think about roots, they they provide trees with the sense of nourishment, but also a sense of strength. The reason that, that the slightest wind or a heavy wind doesn't blow a tree down is because the roots go down deep into the soil, and and it keeps the tree from from falling over. A few years ago, we we lived up in Hollywood, and we sold our house, and there at the house, we we had a tree in the driveway. It wasn't our tree. It was the neighbor's tree, and it was one of those trees where the roots kind of had come up above the ground and starting to break up the concrete a little bit, and every now and then, a limb would fall out of the tree, and I was constantly nervous, thinking, what if this hits one of my kids? What if it hits a car? You know, what's, what's going to happen? I mean, these were big limbs that would fall out of the tree. And I could just tell that it was kind of a leaning tree, massive tree, big, big tree. And so we sold the house. We moved down to Lexington Park area. A few months after we sold the house and moved, guess what happened? The tree came over. The whole tree fell over and uh, it clipped the house. It didn't harm the house that much, but uh, it came down. It was because the roots had not gone deep down into the soil. It was because they were more spread out thin upon the, on the ground and it just couldn't withstand over the years of constant weather. Friends, that's what Jesus supplies for us. He provides life and security. His roots go down deep in us so that when the wind blows and the rain comes and the weather hits and the storms hit, we aren't movable. He provides that source of strength and life in the gospel. And that's what we have, having been rooted in him. There's no way we can go on walking in Christ if you do not have roots in him, if you've not been rooted in him. Walking in Christ can only happen when your roots go deep into the truth and reality and the person and work of Jesus Christ. It's a reminder. It's a reminder to us all. And I think it's Paul's point that he's making here to this church that one of the ways that you're going to persevere amidst all of the false teaching that's going on and amidst all of the the, the pressures that you're feeling from the 
the ongoing, from, the, the, from the world around you, the only way you're going to remain firm and steadfast is, is due to those roots through the gospel. Brothers and sisters, how good it is from time to time to go back and recall the things that God has done for you. You think about who you are today. If you're following after Jesus, who you are today compared to who you were is a testimony to the sovereign grace of God that has taken root in you. And it does us well to go back and revisit that reality often, doesn't it? To be reminded time and time again. We, we never graduate from this gospel, do we? It's not like, okay, we get the gospel to get into the door of the church and to, of the Christian life, and now we move on to deeper things. No, it is the gospel that must take root in us, and as we continue to grow in our understanding of this beautiful grace that God has given us, we continue to remain firm and steadfast in him. There are a lot of distractions in this world. There are a lot of false gospels that can lead us astray. But brothers and sisters, the roots that God has planted deep within us it is those roots and those alone that will keep us firm to the end. So we need to be rooted. We need to, to, to be rooted in the source of the gospel, and that is the truth of who Jesus is. The second reality is that we need to be supplied in the strength of the gospel. Notice he says rooted and built up in him. Built up. So Paul moves from an agricultural metaphor to an architectural metaphor. The idea is being built up, and, and, and it's in the present tense suggesting a continuous action, an ongoing growth. Not only have you been rooted past settled reality, you are presently being built up, presently being strengthened. You go to Col or 1 Corinthians 3, verses 6 and 11, and Paul really expands there on this, this metaphor of a house being built, reference to the Christian life. Paul prayed back in verse 11 of chapter 1 of this letter. And even as he reflects on his suffering, he, he reflects on his suffering and he prays back in chapter 1 that these believers would be encouraged, that they would be strengthened, that they would be built up. This is the work that God is doing to build up his people specifically. Brothers and sisters, I know that we're talking about building a facility one day. And by God's grace, it will serve us well. But listen, we are ultimately the building project. God is at work in us to build us up. We are all under construction, right? We all are under construction. And when you think about that, it, it should somehow encourage you. If you are rooted in Christ, you can know with confidence that God is at work to remake you. He's building us up. You, know, you think about that. You think about, I've never built a home, but I know people who have. And when you think about building a house, the, the most exciting part I'm imagining is the beginning and the end. The beginning, you first see those blueprints and you get all excited and you say, oh, this is what we're going to build. This is what it's going to look like. And you're excited. And, you, and you, those first few trips to Lowe's are exciting trips, right? You go together, you know. All excited, you're all giddy because of what you're about to embark on. And then you break ground and you start the process of building. And then comes the stress. And then comes that, that, the challenges, the pain, the toil, the decisions. 
About three or four months later, you're not together at Lowe's anymore. You're separate. Struggling. It all can be overwhelming when you think about building a house, but you eventually get to the end where you saw what that paper showed you early now becomes reality, and that joy is present yet again. Isn't that the picture that we get here? The Bible shows us the blueprint. It shows us what we will all one day be, but right now we're in the midst of that construction, aren't we? And that can be challenging. There are seasons of joy in that, for sure, and there are seasons of struggle. Walls are being demolished. Floors are being installed individually, corporately, as a church. God is at work strengthening us. He's building us up as a structure. You think about construction, it can be messy, it can be challenging, it can be expensive. But listen, the final result is worth it. And that's what we see here as God is at work building us up. And you go to 1 Corinthians 3 and he really embellishes that further as far as the building project goes. That's what he's doing in us. Individually and corporately, he's building us up. He's strengthening us to make us more and more like Christ. So we need to to find strength in this gospel as God builds us up. Number three, we need to be confident in the stability of the gospel. Paul has used an agricultural and an architectural metaphor, and now he moves to a legal reference. As he says, having been rooted and built up in him, established in the faith. That word established is a legal reference that was used to refer to legal documents being verified and certified. So being firmly rooted and built up in the faith results in the believer being established, confirmed. Really highlights here the assurance that we have in the gospel. The very work that God has done in rooting us in Christ as he's building us up will culminate in us being established. Can't help but be reminded of that great verse in Philippians 1, verse 6, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. Brothers and sisters, there's no greater promise in the world than this. No greater hope than to know that the very work that God has done to secure you, to root you in Jesus, is a work that he has promised to finish. An important observation here, when you look at these These words, rooted, built up, established. All three words are in the passive voice, which means that these actions, being rooted, built up, established, are actions done to us, not actions we do ourselves. Having been rooted, having been built up, having been established, all of these are activities that God is doing by his grace and for his glory. It's a beautiful picture. He's rooted us in the gospel, he's building us up, and he will establish us. Our salvation, brothers and sisters, is a testimony, not to us, but to the glorious work of God in Christ. And it's interesting then that Paul gives us this command, walk in him, How do you walk in him? Well, you do it based upon what he does in you. That may be a little confusing. Brothers and sisters, it's a reminder that the call for us is to live as followers of Jesus. It's one that comes with a command and a promise. Walk after Jesus. Follow after Jesus and know that he's got you. 
Philippians 2, verse 12 and 13 puts it this way, Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, work out your salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who works in you, both to will and work for his good pleasure. This is hugely encouraging. When you hear verse 6, walk in him, it's, like a, it's not a call to just do your best and hope it all works out. It is a call to give your life to Jesus, to follow after him because of what he has done, is doing, and will do in your life. It's a beautiful reality that we can have confidence You know, there are times when we are at our wit's end, we're exhausted, we're doing our best to seek after Jesus, but right here is a wonderful promise that shows us that even in the midst of our struggles, that God has us. He has rooted us, he is building us, and he will establish us. So be confident in that stability that you have. And then when number four, we need to be grateful for the supply of the gospel. Be grateful for the supply of the gospel. Paul understands that when people have truly been gripped by the reality of the good news of Jesus Christ, that they will be overwhelmingly thankful. You know, I said earlier that those three words, rooted, built up, and established, are in the passive voice. Now this abounding is in the active voice. It's something you do, something we do, as a result of what God has done in us. Gratitude to God is one of the most important characteristics of the Christian. You see here that the big picture, that you see here the big picture of what it means to walk in Christ. As you recall what you've received and you cling to the promises of God in the gospel, you will live a life marked by unrestrained gratitude. Notice Paul didn't say, Rooted, built up, established in the, fa- in the faith, and thankful. He didn't say that. He didn't say that. He said, rooted, built up, established in the faith, abounding in thankfulness, overflowing with gratitude. He loved that word because he understood the impact of the gospel in his own life. And he understood the impact of the gospel in the church and the power that it had upon the believers. And he understood that when someone gets gripped and by grace, when they, when they are overwhelmed by the beauty and majesty of Jesus Christ, they can't help but live a life overflowing with gratitude because of what God has done in Christ. You know, our hearts and the world that we live in is often oriented away from thanksgiving. It's often oriented away from giving thanks. By nature, we are selfish, entitled people. We think that we deserve a lot of things. And that's one of the wonderful things about God. You read his word, he reminds us that we don't deserve anything, actually, but judgment. By nature, we're selfish. We're entitled creatures that think that we ought to be given everything that we have. But the gospel reminds us of who we are before a holy God and points us to all that God has done in Christ to make us his own, undeserving yet given everything in Christ. It's a beautiful reminder. Friends, the gospel humbles us. It transforms our perspective so we live lives of worship and praise to the Lord. Thanksgiving, giving thanks, abounding in gratitude is essential to the Christian life because it's an expression in thought, word, and deed that our, that our satisfaction is in Christ. 
And brothers and sisters, that shows up in practical ways. Your gratitude, your abounding in thanksgiving will show up in the posture of your heart towards God, towards others. Your gratitude will show up in how you fight against sin and temptation in your life. How you invest in the lives of others. How you steward your life and your resources for the purposes of the gospel. Thanksgiving shows up in so many ways, practically speaking. You don't have to walk around saying, I'm thankful, I'm thankful, I'm thankful. Your life will demonstrate gratitude by how you live. How you live. Friends, I think this is something we'd all do well to consider. I don't know about you, but there are days where I'm not so thankful. There are days that come and go where I have been that selfish, entitled person thinking, why? There are plenty of days that that's been the case. But as Christians who have been transformed by grace, our posture ought to be one that abounds in thanksgiving. When we contemplate the reality of the gospel in our lives, when you, when you meditate on the reality of how a holy God can love unholy sinners and how he gave himself for the good of us together individually so that we can be brought to him, when you consider the reality of who God is and what he's done for us, how can we not be thankful? So when we find ourselves in those seasons of, of, of selfishness and entitlement and we're not so thankful, it's very likely that we have taken our eyes off the gospel. That's why we gather here week after week after week and we sing the songs we sing, we pray the prayers we pray, we preach the truth we preach because we all need to be reminded week after week of the beauty of grace. We need it, and therefore we are thankful. Brothers and sisters, this is my great hope for us, that having received Christ Jesus, that we would walk in him, having been rooted and built up in him, established in the faith, and abounding in thanksgiving, just as we've been taught. Brothers and sisters, this is what we're about. Redeeming Grace Baptist Church exists to make much of Jesus Christ and help people walk in him. That's why we're here. We're here to point people to Jesus. Having received the truth we've received, we want to pass that on to others. And we want to walk in Christ, having been rooted, being built up, having, and being established, abounding in thanksgiving. We want to be the happiest people in St. Mary's County. We want to be the most thankful, joyful people in the world because of what God has done in Christ for us. And we want to help others be happy in Jesus too. We want to help others walk in the power of the Spirit because of the grace of God in Christ. And I just ask you this morning, maybe you're here, maybe you've been coming for a while, maybe you're new to us, maybe you've been here a long time, I just ask you to consider this. Have you been rooted in Christ? Has the gospel the good news of who Jesus is, the fact that God is holy, that we are sinful, and that he so loved us that he sent his only son into the world who lived the life we should have lived and died upon the cross for the, for the sin and for the judgment we deserve because of our sin, who was raised three days later from the grave, demonstrating his power over death and hell and sin once and for all, and who's coming again for us. Have you understood, friend, 
that God has done that in his love for people just like you, and that if you would simply turn from yourself and put your hope in Christ, that your sins would be forgiven and that you would be welcomed into this joyful, overflowing with gratitude reality. And if you've never had the roots of the gospel, take resident, take root in your heart. That's how it happens. Quit clinging to other things and put your hope in Christ. Friends, those of us who have been rooted, are you confidently joyful of God's work to build you up and to establish you? Is that your confidence? Is that your hope? Is that in Is that something that encourages you that no matter where you're at, no matter what you're going through, that God is at work to build you, to confirm you? You're his. He saved you and he's going to get you home. If that's the case, then we should be overflowing with thanksgiving. What does your life look like? Is it evident that you're abounding with thanksgiving and how you treat people, how you communicate, how you spend your time, how you spend your resources? Is it evident that, you, that you're a thankful Jesus follower? Because that's what we've been called to be. Therefore, as you receive Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him, and established in the faith, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. May God make that reality true here until he comes again. Let's pray. Father, we are amazed by your grace. We are humbled by your generous love towards us. Father, we acknowledge today that were it not for you, none would be here today. Father, we've not rooted ourselves, we've not built ourselves up, we've not established ourselves because of our goodness, because of our own wisdom, because of our own effort. Lord, we've received Christ Jesus. And Lord, we're here today because of what you've done. And so we're thankful. So Lord, as a result of this, would you help us to walk in Christ? Would you help us, Lord, to to give ourselves for the good of others and for the sake of the gospel in this community and to the ends of the earth? Would you help us to be a people truly rooted and built up and established in the faith, abounding in thanksgiving, all to your glory and all to your praise? Lord, we pray this for our good and for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen.